One day closer to the divisional round playoffs as the Tampa Bay Buccaneers will travel to New Orleans to face Drew Brees and the Saints, and that means it's crossover Thursday, and Ross Jackson of the Locked On Saints podcast is here to help us get our first deep dive preview of this weekend's matchup right here on the Locked On Bucks podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You are Locked On Buccaneers, your daily Tampa Bay Buccaneers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up, Bucks fans? Welcome to today's episode of the Locked On Bucks Podcast. I'm your host, Dave Harrison. James Yarko is off. Find James over at Twitter at jyarko underscore bucks. Find me at dharrison82. Find everything we're writing about your Tampa Bay Buccaneers at bucksnation.com or on Twitter at bucks underscore nation. And of course, find the show at Locks On Bucks. It's crossover Thursday. Ross Jackson and I getting together to talk about this weekend's matchup between the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and the New Orleans Saints on Sunday night. We had a lot of stuff to cover, guys, so let's get right into the conversation. All right, David, always a pleasure to be able to do these crossovers with you. It's our third of the season, New Orleans Saints, Tampa Bay Buccaneers, meeting in the divisional round to uh, see who advances to the NFC Championship game. One of the big factors behind all of this, of course, is going to be health, health, depth, very important when it comes to playoff runs. Let's start off with uh, both of these teams. We'll start off with the Bucs. Uh, a lot of players listed on the injury report. Are there any that are actually concerning, some that don't necessarily mean too much? Uh, what's sort of your perspective of the injury report thus far? Yeah, I mean, when you look at the uh, the Buccaneers version of the injury report right off the bat, you see some big names on there, guys like Carlton Davis, Mike Edmonds, Chris Godwin, Ronald Jones. Really, the biggest one is going to be Alex Kappa, the guard who left the game against the Washington football team. He's got a fractured ankle, and it's you know it's he's he's not coming back for the postseason. Is essentially um, outside of some sort of miracle. He's on the injury report just because he hasn't been officially put on the IR and put on the shelf. But I don't imagine he's coming back. Maybe if if they beat the Saints, maybe I can be proven wrong. I'd be happy to be proven wrong. In his place uh, is going to be Aaron Stinney, who, according to uh, Pro Football Reference, has played all of twelve career games. So that's, you know, not a lot of experience there um, when he's been on the field, at least for the Buccaneers. He hasn't looked terrible. Uh, Ted Larson replaced him, uh, replaced uh, Alex Kappa last week because Stinney was inactive. Uh, Ted Larson has a little bit more versatility and he's more of a veteran, which is why he was active last week while Stinney was not. However, now that they've had a week to prepare and now that they know they're coming into this without Alex Kappa, Stinney will be replacing him. So obviously that's going to be a matchup that everybody wants to watch on top of uh, whatever Donovan Smith does or doesn't do against that pass rush, which of course uh, <laughs> goes to the Saints injury report. But I mean, Mike Evans, like it's it's the same knee, you know what I mean? So he played last right. week and he played well. So you expect that's not going to you know out, outside of a setback, that's not going to be something. Carlton Davis, it's the same groin injury he's been dealing with. So same same thing there. Chris Godwin, same. You know, Ronald Jones, copy paste. Jeremiah Ledbetter uh, was was missing last week. He's got a calf injury. He didn't participate on Wednesday. We're hoping that he can come back. Steve McClendon coming back off the COVID list will help that defensive front. Mm-hmm. But Jeremy, Jeremiah Ledbetter is a part of that rotation if he's healthy. So you want to see him in there. LaShawn McCoy coming back is actually kind of maybe a sneaky, you know, sleeper type of thing. He was a full participant on Wednesday after missing some action recently due to a non-COVID illness. Mm-hmm. Um, if he can get back fully healthy and if he's got energy and if he's got NFL, you know, strength to play a football game, having him with Leonard Fournette, depending on what happens with Rojo, and then, of course, the rookie Keyshawn Vaughn, you know, it, there's no secret. LaShawn was brought in because Brady likes throwing to running backs. McCoy is a better pass catcher out of the backfield than most of the, the running backs on the Buccaneers depth chart. So if you get that dimension back, even for just four or five snaps, if it keeps the Saints defense somewhat, you know, keeping them from being able to rely on knowing exactly what's coming, it'll be helpful. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's a huge thing is 
how these two teams are going to match up, uh, particularly in the trenches, but you know how they're going to match up with the health that they have uh, available to them. If we look over at the Saints injury report, same thing uh, as the the Bucks injury report. There are some big names here, but you know, a little bit some to be more concerned about than others is the way that I would look at it uh, in terms of the DMPs. You've got uh, Taysom Hill, Latavius Murray, Patrick Robinson. Both Latavius Murray and Patrick Robinson ended up leaving the game last week in their win against the Chicago Bears. Latavius Murray has been a huge part of uh, the Saints' offense. Has you know bailed out uh, Drew Brees on a couple of occasions by being able to throw some chip blocks and then find his way open. Patrick Robinson is somebody that has filled in admirably for those starting corners. Thankfully, there's health there, but you start to get concerned about risk, right? You want to know how it affects your top tier guys like Janoris Jenkins and Marshawn Lattimore. The fact of the matter is that it affects the entire team in case one of those guys ends up getting injured. Patrick Robinson is somebody who has stepped in their place and played very well during the course of the regular season. You want to have that depth. So those are two to watch and to continue to watch. Latavius Murray, of course, has operated independently very well uh, opposite uh, Alvin Kamara, but has also been a nice change of pace back. They use him in those short yardage situations as well. So that's a big deal for them if they end up having to go without him. He has a quadricep injury. Taysom Hill. Uh, missed you know some time in practice with a concussion, but then came back last week. He was fine. He took a, a hard hit to the ground. We thought it might have been potentially another concussion problem, but it turns out it's a knee problem. He ended up coming back into the game and playing against Chicago, but he did not practice on Wednesday with a knee injury. We'll see if that is more of a precautionary thing as he continues to progress throughout the week. One of the biggest storylines that Saints fans and I think Bucks fans probably are going to be watching is going to be Trey Hendrickson, the defensive end for the Saints, who at one point during the last Tampa Bay New Orleans Saints game had three sacks in a row on three consecutive plays. One of them, of course, wiped out for a penalty, and then he was credited with two sacks right after that. He's dealing with a neck stinger. Consider him basically day-to-day. Same thing for Latavius Murray, also day-to-day. So they're looking to see how these guys progress throughout the week to see if they'll be ready to go when it comes to game time on Sunday. And then uh, Jared Cook, limited participation with a back injury. I'll wait on that one to see exactly how serious that is. Same thing for Teron Armstead with an elbow injury. Teron Armstead has easily been the best left tackle in the NFL toward the latter part of the season. Some have even said, including Mm -hmm. Nick Underhill, our good friend, who mentioned that Teron Armstead might be the best player in the NFL over the course of week 16 and 17, uh, where he played a phenomenal brand of football. And so he's a big piece for the Saints' success, of course, but I'll wait to see if it's a little bit more precautionary with that one as well. He and Jared Cook both limited with their injuries. So it seems like the Saints and the Bucks both have some early injuries at this point that it's best to just kind of sit back, wait, and see how the rest of these injuries progress Thursday and Friday. Oh, absolutely. And I mean, Trey Hendrickson, like you already mentioned, is going to be the biggest question mark for the Buccaneers. And, you know, I mean, you hope Levante or Levante, Dave, you hope Donovan Smith can stand up, you know, uh, third time's a charm type of thing. Uh, he did well last weekend and he's done well towards the later stretch of the season. So you kind of hope that that consistency sticks in there. Rob Gronkowski has been getting used later in the season more as a pass blocker to kind of help out a little bit. So, I mean, you would hope that they can, they can kind of isolate Trey, understand what he's doing now that he's done it to them twice to the season alone. Um, and, and be able to combat that but you know not wishing ill on somebody he's already injured so if that injury would keep him out of the game the Buccaneers are not going to feel bad about it yeah absolutely the Bucks have been using six blockers a lot more toward the end of the season so it's going to be up to Trey Hendrickson if he hits the field and the other players along the defensive line to all find ways to win whatever matchups they're handed in this game for sure uh, up next we're going to talk about keys to victory we're going to start off with 
the Bucks, since they're the visiting team. We'll start off with what uh, Bucks fans say are the most important keys to victory for that team, as well as David's. And then we'll flip the script to wrap up the show, taking a look at the Saints fan and the New Orleans Saints perspective here on our Thursday divisional round playoff crossover. It's the postseason, y'all. Locked on Saints, locked on Bucks, part of Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. And obviously, David, we're getting a bit of a workout here in terms of like this entire week getting everything ready. And I love a good workout. And it's one of the reasons why I love one of our next sponsors here, which is Echelon. Absolutely love Echelon. They do such a great job. They are a much better option than I'll just say uh, the other brand, which you have to pay a ton for. So Echelon is definitely where I like to go here. They have uh, world-class instructors that are going to motivate you for thousands of daily live and on-demand studio-level classes, always available whenever you need them. And unlike their competitors, Echelon is affordable for everyone. And with one membership, it lets you get up to five family members to work out all at the same time, which is pretty great. Keep everybody occupied, but also keep everybody healthy. Maybe help quiet down the house a little bit if you need it. Right now, you can try Echelon Fitness Equipment at home for 30 days. Just go to echelonfit.com slash locked on. That's E-C-H-E-L-O-N fit.com slash locked on. As the NFL season is coming to an end, college football is already ending, but other leagues are just getting started. The NBA is about a month into their season. NHL is just getting started, and baseball is right around the corner. It's a new year, and it's time for a fresh start and a few more wins. If you're betting this year and you want more wins, listen to the Locked On Bets podcast with your boy Q and Lee Sterling of Paramount Sports. They're picking college basketball, football, and NBA locks all winter long. Subscribe to Locked On Bets wherever you get podcasts. Now let's continue the conversation between me and Ross Jackson, the host of the Locked On Saints podcast. All right, y'all. It is our Locked On Thursday crossover, getting ready for the divisional round here in the NFC. New Orleans Saints hosting the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. It'll be the third time these two teams play against one another, and everyone's going to be looking for the secret. Everybody's going to be looking for the sauce. What is it that has to happen for these teams to get their victory? So let's start off with the visitors here, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. David, you put out a question to Locked On Bucks listeners and Bucks fans uh, about what you what they believe was the biggest key to a victory over the New Orleans Saints in order for them to advance the national to the NFL uh excuse me to the NFC championship game uh what did you find were the most important keys from the listeners yeah i did and absolutely got some some solid answers from some bucks fans i got some more of uh, the humorous side of answers as well. I got mm-hmm. a couple of outscore them, which, you know, <laughs> yes. if, I mean, it's if not that's wrong. the game plan every week, then I think you have a solid game plan if you're if you're playing to outscore <laughs> your opponent. Um, but yeah, I mean, a lot of protecting Tom Brady, you know, and of course, you know, Bucks fans have nightmares of Trey Hendrickson. They may not even know that it's Trey Hendrickson that's in their nightmares, right. but they have nightmares of him. They may actually transpose it to Cam Jordan and think for some reason that Cam Jordan is the one causing all the problems when in reality he actually wasn't. I mean, he's you know still Cam Jordan, but he's not the one that's been terrorizing the Bucks through the first two uh, contests this season. Um, but we got some other interesting ones. I mean, uh, I got one here from one of our overseas fans who who talked about uh, wanting a 50-50 run game with Ronald Jones and mm-hmm. wanting to get Ronald Jones going. You know, he was supposed to be back for the wild card round and ended up aggravating the quad injury uh, that had kind of been bothering him leading up to the game. So he wasn't able to go. Leonard Fournette came in, uh, did did a pretty good job as far, as far as I'm concerned, you know. It's it's kind of a one off to be quite honest with you. So we'll see if you know Leonard can can uh, repeat that if he's if he's asked to if if Rojo can't go or is limited. Um, and then a lot of press man coverage and and not wanting to see zone coverage and then a lot of blitzing answers. And that's something that's kind of interesting mm. because 
yesterday on yesterday's episode, James and I actually dove into a few numbers and some statistics. Um, and something we found out that I actually want your your insight on is the the Saints' worst loss this season is a ten point loss to the Las Vegas Raiders. James yep. argues that it's the three point loss to the Philadelphia Eagles because of what it represents, and I agree with him in that sense. But statistically and on the field, it's a ten point loss to the Raiders. Right, and it was interesting to me because. The even though Drew Brees threw more passes in that game against Las Vegas than he did in both games uh, to the with against the Buccaneers, the Buccaneers outblitzed the Raiders against that Saints offense so much more. Like it wasn't even a, a close number. I don't have all the numbers in front of me right now, unfortunately. Yeah. But our listeners listen to that, and if Saints, you know, if Saints fans are interested in that data, it's in our Wednesday episode. Mm-hmm. Um, like the difference between blitzing was just was just so heavy. I know that's only one you know data point, and it doesn't speak to an entire you know, reason that the Raiders were able to beat the Saints. But actually, I mean, that's kind of something I've, I've looked at. I'm like, you know, is this maybe the answer? Maybe, you know, the Buccaneers are being too aggressive. And uh, I remember going back to when the Buccaneers last lost. It looked to me like a team, like the, the Saints were coming out, like it was a playoff game atmosphere. Um, and they and they came out basically saying, we're going to show you why we are the kings of the NFC South. And the Buccaneers came out and said, we're going to try and show you why we're the new Kings in the NFC South. And I have this old saying that you can't try to do something. You either do it or you don't. Right. And when you're coming out, they're trying to force it. That's the bad things are going to happen. And you look at the blitz numbers, especially in that second game. I think they hopped up to like 37 blitzers throughout the game. I think Drew Brees only threw 32 passes and Mm -hmm. the Buccaneers sent guys on a blitz 37 times. So more blitzers than Drew Brees threw passes. You know what I mean? Right. That right to, to me is kind of the epitome of a mindset of we're going to try and impose our will against you instead of coming out there and matching up and doing what we need to do. So, I mean, did the Raiders kind of show something that maybe it's smarter not to blitz? I mean, you're not going to scare Drew Brees off the spot, right? right. He's going to do what he's going to do. Um, Taysom Hill, I've seen teams, you know, you if you blitz Taysom Hill, sometimes that actually opens up lanes and he'll gash you for even more yardage. I mean, am I crazy thinking that maybe the answer for the Buccaneers defense is to not blitz as much as they like to? No, I think you're absolutely right. I think I think getting pressure with four down linemen or three down linemen, depending on what, you know, what down it is and the game situation, all that stuff is far more effective against Drew Brees and far more effective against the New Orleans Saints because their entire offense is predicated on quick, short throws, being able to sort of dice their way down the field. So if you're opening up zones by letting blitzers come through, then you're just leaving the field wide open and allowing people, you know, allowing Drew Brees to just sort of pick apart from the pressure side. So he'll look and he'll designate and sort of diagnose, all right, the pressure's coming for the right, and then he'll shift Alvin Kamara or somebody else who's running something in the flats or running a, a, a route that keeps him close to the line of scrimmage, shift them so that they end up running that route toward the blitz side and then just dump the ball off over on that side so that not only are you vacating a throwing lane, you're also vacating green grass for that person to have some potential yards after carry. And when you have an offense like the New Orleans Saints that has a lot of players that can do things after the carry or after the catch, that ends up being a huge part of their game. And so I think you saw that actually quite a bit in the week nine matchup between these two teams, Drew Brees being completely comfortable with the idea of, yeah, go ahead and send your blitzers because you're just giving me the lanes that I need to be able to go. And, you know, you can say death by paper cuts. You can say, uh, you know, dink and dunk, whatever it is. But that's how they'll move the ball and they'll feel very comfortable doing that. Yeah, absolutely. And then, I mean, and the other part was third down conversions. And somebody brought that up. And I, I was very happy because I've been very critical of this team's third down defense. Uh, specifically, they do a really good job of getting teams to third down. Like, for example, against the Washington football team in the wild card round, they got that offense to third downs 14 times in that game. 
The problem is they allowed the they allowed them to convert seven of those. And you know as well as I do that allowing a team to convert 50% of their third down tries is not winning football. And, uh, and you look at, I mean, in the NFC alone, out of the teams that won their wild card matchup, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers had the worst uh, third down defense in the wild card round, and it wasn't even close. The next, the next worst one uh, of a winning team was the New Orleans Saints, who had a 10% conversion rate. So that's quite the, that's quite the gap. That this team needs to close and mm-hmm. you know bringing steve mcclennan back bringing devin white back you you think in theory is probably going to help that out but i mean this team this buccaneers defense even when they were healthy as healthy as they've been i mean vita vea going out has, has been a huge blow and they've they right. lost him in chicago and it, you know it just hasn't been the same sense but either way this defense has been in the 39 to even 49 percent range all season of giving up third down conversions and i mean you can't give drew Brees that many opportunities so that was another big one that was brought up by a follower and a fan of the buccaneers that i think is is definitely spot on yeah absolutely and the saints are coming off of the game here it's where they just converted 11 of 17 third downs and control time of possession that way i wouldn't be surprised where if the saints felt like they could do that to where they could continue to extend drives and convert those third downs that you see the aggressiveness kind of tick back especially if they have a lead as well by the time that they realize that or by the time that that becomes apparent in the game and then play ball control because they can do that very, very well. And if the defense is giving up those third downs, it gives them an opportunity to continue to uh, you know, take time off of the clock, especially if they can get an early lead. So what would you say real quick before we switch everything over to take a look at the, the sync side of all this? Or it would be your most important key, even if you just simply agree with one of the ones that we've already talked about? Yeah, I mean, honestly, for me, and, and I know that it's going to be a little bit of a hot take, I suppose, because Bucks fans love aggressive defense. And I, and listen, I love aggressive defense as well. But uh, like we've already chronicled here, and we talked about throughout the season on the show on Locked on Bucks, that pass rush was severely hindered when Vita Vey went out. And I know this is a team that has one of the highest blitz rates and or blitz numbers or uh, sack numbers rather in the National Football League. So it's not like they've been just completely disabled. But you look at the amount of sacks and you look at the amount of blitz attempts that they're doing to get those sacks. And that kind of opens up some other things. I want to see this defense play man coverage. And I don't know, you know, necessarily press man coverage on every single snap. I don't want to see mm-hmm. any five yard cushion, anything longer than five yard cushions. Um, you know, I know, I know that Deontay Harris had a really good game right now. That's kind of a one-off make him prove that he can do it again because it, it hasn't been the norm. Michael Thomas, not known for being able to burn and stretch the defense, force him to win those battles up close to the line of scrimmage. So keep your DBs within five yards of their assignment. I don't want to see more than like four or five rushers, honestly, on most plays. You know what I mean? I probably wouldn't send six on really any unless it's like a third and 18. And you just want to make sure Breeze doesn't have time for things to develop. Um, And then when Taysom Hill is in there, play smart. Play assignment Mm -hmm. football. You know what I mean? Don't overcommit to a single gap or movement one way or another. Play smart. Make I think when you make Taysom Hill commit to what he's going to do, before it's kind of like soccer like as, as a soccer defenseman you don't want to commit first you want to force the offensive player to commit to a decision and then you defend that decision that's what i want to see the buccaneers def- defense do is force the saints to bring the action to you instead of trying to take it to them because two times already this season the bucks tried to bring the action to the saints offense and it just didn't work out yeah absolutely absolutely well next we'll flip the script here we'll take a look at these keys from the saints perspective what do the saints need to do to get a W and move on to the NFC Championship game. We got that coming up for you next year as a part of our Thursday crossover playoff edition here at Locked On Saints and Locked On Bucks, your team every day. And look, I was kind of driving a car that if it was a football team, it would be in line for the first overall pick. You know what I mean? And I wanted to do everything that I could do to like get that up to probably pretty much where where the teams that we cover are right now, at least 
playoff contention. I didn't need the Super Bowl winning Ferrari, right? I didn't need the Kansas City Chiefs. You know what I'm saying? I just drive to work and I drive back home. I don't I don't need all that. And uh, you know, when I was looking at trying to fix everything up, I didn't know about places like rockauto.com and I wish that I did because Rock Auto essentially you just jump onto the website from anywhere at home on your phone or your computer, your laptop, whatever. Type in, you know, pick your name, pick your make, pick your model, pick the year. And then type in whatever it is that you're looking for, and then you get several options at just a fraction of the price. Rock Auto has it all, and it's super easy to navigate, super clean. And they're a family business as well. It's been helping families online for 20 years, so you know you want to show some love and show some support. In order to do that, go to rockauto.com, and don't forget to use the promo code Locked On in their How'd You Hear About Us section so that they know that we sent you. Rock Auto, amazing selection, reliable low prices at all the parts your car will ever need rockauto.com. So David, going into this one, the Saints are minus three favored, uh, minus three favorites, three point favorites, if you will, going into this game up against Tampa Bay. To me, that really feels like it's a pick and then the Saints are getting three points for being at home. I, I know that the right. fans, you know, it's not gonna be a lot of fans or anything like that, but that's really what this feels like to me. And so if you're interested in betting on this game, David and I, we have one place that we go, the entire Locked On Podcast Network, we have one place that we go and only one place that we trust, and that's our exclusive betting partners betonline.ag. And if you sign up today for a free account, use the promo code locked on so you can get a 50% welcome bonus. Don't take my word for it, rather. Instead, go to the website, betonline.ag, try it for yourself and see how it works out. Locked on for that 50% welcome bonus. Remember, Saints favored right now, minus three. Over-unders hovering around 52 points. That's a big deal, plus 50 points. They're looking for a, a, a lot of action in this game for this one. So don't sit on the sidelines anymore. Go ahead, get on the action, and don't forget to use that promo code Locked On to receive that fifty percent welcome bonus for your first deposit. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. Back now for this crossover Thursday, guys, and Thursdays on the Locked On NFL podcast are also a must listen as Ryan Tracy and Chris Carter preview the weekend's matchups, break down the biggest storylines, injuries, roster moves, and more. Get your expert analysis from Ryan and Chris every Thursday on an NFL level. Subscribe to the Locked On NFL podcast wherever you get podcasts. Here now, guys, the final segment of my conversation with Ross Jackson, the host of the Locked On Saints podcast. All right, David. So I did the same thing. I went to Twitter. Um, this was all thanks to you. Uh, and I put in, uh, you know, the question to the Houdat Nation asking what they believe would be the, the major key, if you will. I always like to shout out DJ Khaled when I talk about this. Uh, the major key when it comes to winning this game against the Bucks and advancing to another NFC championship game for the New Orleans Saints. And out of the plethora of responses that I got, I did too get some funny responses and things like that, including let CJGJ talk bad things about Tom Brady. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, a couple of things we talked about on the offensive side that I saw a lot was, and, and interesting because your listeners sort of pointed to the opposite of this. While they were talking about the the Bucks defense and giving up third downs, the Saints fans are talking about the Saints offense picking up third downs, converting third downs, and maintaining uh, possession of the ball, extending drives, maintaining time of possession. So that was interesting to see, and I think goes hand in hand. And then for the offensive side, or excuse me, for the defensive side, getting pressure on Tom Brady. Now, getting pressure on Tom Brady has been a huge sticking point and a huge talking point so far this entire week because. There's a reputation for Tom Brady that if he gets taken off of his spot, he struggles quite a bit. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Is it something that is overblown? Is it something that is accurate? How how true is the idea that if you pressure Tom Brady, you end up really uh, causing some detriment to this Tampa offense? 
Yeah, it's 100% accurate, and especially when you're talking about pressure up the middle. You know what I mean? That mm-hmm. goes back to his New England Patriot days. I mean, I remember, listen, uh, I'm, I'm just going to be a completely honest person here and say that I, too, was part of the Tom Brady, you know, he-man hater club when mm-hmm. he was a New England Patriot. But as soon as he signed on with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, he said, hey, cool, I want to see the Buccaneers quarterback do well so I have some good football to talk about on my show. Right. <laughs> you know what I mean? But going back then, I remember like when you watch a playoff game or you watch a Super Bowl and you you know you're looking at it, you're like, hey, you know, Giants, you know, just get pressure up the middle, man, and that you know, Drew, or Drew Brees, Tom Brady, you know, isn't going to react well to that. And you know, Atlanta Falcons, man, why aren't they you know blitzing up the middle anymore? You know, that's how you get Tom Brady off his spot. I mean, it's it's really not a secret. Like it's like Steph Curry, like if you continue to let Steph Curry catch passes beyond the perimeter in motion and in rhythm, and you let him go up without any contention, you're going to get killed. Well, Tom Brady's the same way. If you don't get pressure up the middle, especially pressure in general, but pressure up the middle, especially you're probably not going to be happy with the results of the game. Now in the playoffs, like one of our lots on bucks followers mentioned, if you win, it doesn't matter how ugly or pretty it was. You won. And that's what matters in the playoffs. So yes, if you're a saints fan and you win ugly, you're still going to be happy, but you're not going to be happy with the fact that maybe your defense had to stop Tom Brady on a potential game-winning drive. That's not going to make your blood pressure happy. Um, listen, Tom Brady's been sacked three times uh, in five games of the season, and and that's that's the most he's been sacked in any game this year, but it's happened five times. The Buccaneers are, are, are two and three in those five games. Hmm. Two of those games came against the New Orleans Saints, and I know the New Orleans Saints don't really have like the best – you know, sacks per snap or per pass type of percentage. And the Buccaneers actually have one of the better sack per pass attempts uh, percentages in the National Football League from a pass protection standpoint. Mm-hmm. But this is New Orleans Saints, and we've seen it already twice. You know, the Chicago Bears were the other team. They have three sacks, and they won that game. The Atlanta Falcons, when they got three sacks on Tom Brady, guess what? They only lost by four. Uh, the mm-hmm. other three-game sack or three-sack game, Washington football team, they won, and they only lost by eight. So, I mean, there is a correlation there. Again, it's not the only part of the scheme, right? But there is enough data points there to say when you sack or when you get to Tom Brady on a consistent basis, you have a chance to win. And at least in 2020, more often than not, you've won. Yeah, yeah. And this is this is one of the reasons why the Alex Kappa injury is so important, right? Because you have that oh, absolutely. Oppor- you you know you have an opportunity now. Whether Sheldon Rankins, David Onyemata has had an amazing season so far this oh, year. Those I guys, him in Tampa. So oh bad yeah, this <laughs> yeah, man. Uh, Saints fans are very happy that he came back. He yeah. he very quickly went from resigned to underpaid once you yeah. saw his production oh, yeah. this year, and he's been awesome. So that will definitely be something to watch. You know, it, it's interesting. You know, we, we talked a bit about the Saints converting on third down and the Bucks needing to stop the Saints from converting on third down. So I feel like we're we're pretty good there. But you know, I'll mention that for me, one of the biggest keys here is to continue is to be opportunistic on defense. This defense and, and and Saints listeners have heard me harp on this a bunch, and they're probably already tired of it. But the first seven games of the season, they had four interceptions. The next four games, they had nine. The next four games after that, they had zero. And then to finish the season against the Carolina Panthers, they had five in one game. <laughs> they finished up last game against the uh, the Chicago Bears with no interceptions. I think that along with making Drew, uh, Tom Brady uncomfortable in the pocket and, and forcing him, but with pressure and, and all of that, you have to be able to capitalize on the product of that. Mm-hmm. So the byproduct of that pressure needs to be takeaway, stealing possessions away from the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, that goes into everything. That goes into ball control. That goes into protecting the lead. That goes into uh, the the winning mentally over this team that you demolished the last time that they played, thirty eight to three. And I think that those interceptions, those takeaways, are a big part of that. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. Tom Brady only has twelve interceptions this season, you know, and 
Uh, I don't know. Maybe some other teams can say that's not really an only number. But when you cover the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, that's a big only number yeah, uh, to quote. Um, <laughs> so but five of them came against the New Orleans Saints. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, and that's just kind of the theme of the season that, you know, when you when you turn around a lot of the problems that you have seen with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers at times, they all glared the brightest against the New Orleans Saints. And, you know, in week one, you kind of had a built in excuse, you know, if you want to call it that no preseason, no, you know, legitimate training camp. I mean, you had training camp, but it wasn't, mm-hmm. you know, uh, Bruce Arians has gone on record. I'm sure Sean Payton would would probably agree, not publicly because he likes to get at other coaches, but um, <laughs> behind closed doors would agree that the joint practices are the most valuable practices. Oh, yeah, no, actually, he's yeah, he's very he's very open yeah. about that. Um, and they didn't get those because of the COVID restrictions and everything. So even, you know, if you didn't have preseason games, but you were still allowed to do your joint practices, it probably wouldn't have been as impactful, but you know, as it is, they came in there and, and you know, the, 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 the continuity and the chemistry and all that stuff wasn't there yet. So you had that built in excuse in week one, but then in week nine, that was built up as, you know, this is where the Buccaneers are going to show that they're in town, you know, to, to really duke it out in the NFC South with the New Orleans Saints. And that's just not how it went down. Yeah. Um, Something that James did point out again on our Wednesday episodes that Ali Marpet was out for that game on the left side of that right. offensive line. So that's obviously huge. Alex Kappa, like you're like we've already talked about many times, being out on the right side, you have Ali Marpet and Donovan Smith playing better on that left side. But now you're missing Alex Kappa. And I kind of wonder, I'm I'm curious to see what the, the New Orleans Saints defense does with the right side of that Buccaneers offensive line. Because if if I'm the New Orleans Saints, I'm looking to see can Aaron Stinney really hang with this type of not just this this level of competition, but with the atmosphere, with the yeah. playoffs, fans are no yeah. fans. You're in the divisional yeah. round of the playoffs. Um, and, and that's a, that's a big spot to be in when you've only played in 12 NFL games in your entire career. So uh, that's, that's a little bit worrisome, a little bit problematic, but hopefully, hopefully um, <laughs> Tom, you know, I mean, they, they've had all year to think about this stuff and they've had, you know, so, so much time, like it's almost like something they don't even need to overstudy. Like this is almost like the perfect game to play in a divisional round because you know each other so well, you already know what you've done that hasn't worked. In some aspects, you can say that the team that's lost both the games has a little bit of an upper hand because the team that's won kind of comes and saying, we know what to do, whereas the team that lost can come in with some creativity. But as you chronicled on your recent episodes, you know, teams that come into this, these thir- third games 2-0 and have a winning record. So, I mean, mm-hmm. there's a reason they're winning those games, and the Buccaneers got to find a way to flip that fortune in a hurry. Yeah, fourteen to seven in those games for the uh, the winning team during the regular season series. When it comes to a sweep meeting for a third time, and you're right. I mean, I think composure. I think we can agree for both of these teams is going to be a big time uh, key for yeah. for a win because this is different. This isn't oh we lose we'll try again next week. You right. lose you go home, and I think that that's going to make a big difference on some of these younger guys on both on both of these teams. As well as some of the, you know, the composure and, and intention, all those other uh, viable uh, subjects that go on that are more of the intangible things you can't track on a stat sheet. So this is a hypothetical, right? And, and before Saints fans, you know, try to find my address and burn my house down, it's a pure hypothetical. So Drew Brees, right? The assumption is that this is his last season. Um, so whatever game the New Orleans Saints lose in the playoffs, or if they win the Super Bowl, that's probably it for him, right? Mm-hmm. Let's say the option of winning the Super Bowl, riding off in the sunset is off the table. Just for this question, calm down. Um, which quarterback do you, if you had to pick a quarterback for Drew Brees to leave his career with a loss to, which one do you want? Between the four options I'm going to give you, which obviously the AFC still has to decide itself, but I'm just going to throw these names out. Sure. Tom Brady, Aaron Rodgers, Pat Mahomes, Josh Allen. For me, honestly, it's Tom Brady. Um, yeah. I just think that it, it, what we're seeing and getting to see these two guys plus 40 years of age, we're going to hear about it all Sunday. 
participating and competing in the in the Super Bowl, excuse me, in the playoffs, competing within their division, meeting three times in a season as a means of capping off this career. I think that like the legacy is the legacy between these two guys. I don't think that Drew Brees winning over Tom Brady in the playoffs is going to advance his legacy much. I don't think that Tom Brady winning is going to advance his legacy much, nor do I think that either of them losing is going to hinder their legacy at all. But there's something about losing to the guy that's considered the greatest of all time, as opposed to losing to the next generation. I think there's something in that too. So I'm that, that would be my answer. Yeah. And I mean, if I were in your shoes and and I had to answer the same, like if if this was a Tom Brady situation, Tom Brady's retired at the end of the season. If you have to choose a quarterback for him to go out to, who do you want it to be? I'd pick Drew Brees. So, I mean, you know, I think it goes both ways for, for them as well as probably fan bases and, you know, sports, people cover sports. So yeah, absolutely. Fun stuff, man. Always a pleasure to be able to do these with you. Glad we got to do it three times. Uh, big shout out to James Yarko, co-host over at Locked on Bucks. I uh, want to make sure that I, I acknowledge uh, and say hi to the brother who wasn't able to, to make it on tonight. So I, I appreciate it as always. Best of luck this weekend. And uh, I'm sure we'll be in touch all the way throughout. <laughs> Absolutely. Yes, sir. All right, guys, that's going to do it for today's episode. Come back tomorrow as we have our final episode of the week. Final look previewing the weekend's matchup divisional round playoff matchup between the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and the New Orleans Saints. Is this going to be the final ride for Drew Brees? Is Tom Brady going to be the opposing quarterback that sends him off into retirement? We're all going to find out soon enough. But we've got about 30 more minutes to talk about it and see if we can project what might happen. So we're going to do all of that. Once again, guys, I've been David Harrison, your host. Find me on Twitter at dharrison82. Find my co-host James Jarko at jyarko underscore bucks. Find the show at Locked On Bucks. Find everything we're writing about the Tampa Bay Buccaneers over at BucksNation.com and on Twitter at Bucks underscore Nation. Of course, until we speak again, if you're out and about, please be safe, be kind to one another, wash your hands, and thank you so much for joining me right here at Locked On Bucks.